0: Today is August 16th, and we have a very special Talking Yanks. Ryan Rucco is joining us. Let's talk some Yanks, man. Easy, easy. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. Ryan. Hello and welcome back to Talkin' Yanks, a special midweek edition. Myself, Jake Storielli, BBD on the ones and twos. Jom running around today, because we got a lot going on in the dog days of summer. And who's coming in out of the bullpen? But well, Ryan Ruco. Rooks, how you doing, man?
1: I am doing terrific, Jake. I am uh... Thrilled to step in for Jimmy today. I'm thrilled to work with you and uh, see all the frogs on your shirt. Yep. And I'm ready to go, ma'am.
0: Yeah, you uh, you probably know our 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 guy. Yes, Bosch, uh, huge frogs guy. When we uh, when we crossed that bridge, that was a special moment. Um, to you know, a couple a couple you know Italians from the tri-state area that that have kind of a weird frog thing. That was a that was a special moment with with our our Yankee path. Um, <laughs> enough about that for the people. How, uh, how are you doing, man? What's, what's going on with you? I know, uh, you at WNBA is, our uh, are playoffs coming up soon? What's, what's going playoffs on?
1: Playoffs are, yeah, yeah. Playoffs start, um, Wednesday. Uh, I will do Liberty against Chicago. Um, and then I'll do game two of that series as well. And, and, uh, and then I'll do a game Sunday, either in Seattle or in Connecticut. So uh, big opening week to start. We have a new format this year. Uh, playoffs are earlier than normal because uh, one out of every four years, they're this early because players go to play in the um, Euros right. afterwards. Uh, so, yeah, man, gearing up for it. Go right from, from Yankees diving into uh, W playoffs. And then the, the W playoffs this year actually end – uh before the baseball regular season even ends so then get back on the train uh, in time for October.
0: Beautiful. So are we um do we know when we're seeing you uh on Yes Next or Are we are we figuring that out or what?
1: We we don't know okay. as of now. My schedule was uh very much um I wouldn't even say front loaded, I'll say mid loaded uh because of um because of the playoffs being earlier this year and Yes being kind enough to uh, accommodate that. So Like normally I would be doing probably the angels and A's series, right? Like I usually do West coast. uh, But this year, Michael will go and do those series because it falls smack in the middle of WNBA playoffs. So there might've been like a series or two earlier in the year that Michael normally would have done that I did instead. Yeah. So at this point, it's kind of like wait and see, hopefully be a part of the playoff coverage. And if something pops up before then, um where the schedules align then i would jump in there too one thing i am doing is i'm doing uh another radio series um filling in for john in september in toronto okay so yeah so looking forward to that i always love working with susan so so yeah man i'll be i'll be back involved but uh for a little bit people will have to catch me either doing w playoffs or r2c2 all
0: right well, yeah, and dude, I I know uh, you said you just recorded, and I know uh, I just saw on Instagram, big big C just dropped off Karsten at at Georgia Tech, man. Holy yeah. smokes,
1: dude! I know. You know what's so funny is like the first year I met CC was two thousand nine, and we we hit it off right away. And and the thing that was striking to to me and then my colleagues with the Yankees, Brandon Mim and Pete Gurgley, was how accessible C was, and we've seen that, you know out now in his post-baseball life and we certainly saw that in his veteran years but you know think about he was in his 20s prime ace just signed the biggest contract by a pitcher ever and was so just you know welcoming and to the point that he had us when the Yankees went to Oakland he had us do a shoot at it, or he allowed us to do a shoot at his house in Oakland and it was like the only off day they had during his first trip back to the Bay after signing the deal, they had a barbecue with all these family over and uh, meeting all his cousins, aunts, and uncles and everything. And 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 he was so shy. And he was, I think, maybe like, geez, I don't even know how old he was. Maybe he was four, maybe five years old. And I remember I was just, you know, engaging him in a little conversation, and he was like too shy to answer. And his sister. Jaden was like, Lil C, the man asked you a question. (laughs) And so I always think of, uh, now it feels weird even calling him Lil C, but Karsten as like that little boy who was shy to answer questions. But meanwhile, he's a, you know, six foot five strapping young man about to go play baseball at Georgia Tech and and start in college this week. Pretty crazy. And I know it's emotional for C.
0: Yeah, dude. And I I remember, um, you know, you just – it, you know, we've we come across CeCe briefly, and we all know him from social media and all that stuff, and obviously being a Yankee. Um, the one that always stuck with me, uh, Marcus Stroman, because the other one who I'd, I'd say behind the scenes but is coming to the front of the scenes, Amber Sabathia, I remember when Marcus yeah. Stroman said on R2C2, he just said, she's the realist. And that's who that whole <laughs> family is, man. Like, they're going to shoot you straight. You get you get real social media. You get Big CC being emotional, dropping off his... Is son at college. And it's, it's not just kind of some of that generic stuff that you see athletes yeah. like going through the motions on social or something. And that's why I think R2C2 has been so great.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I think the number one word, if someone were to ask me to describe CC in one word, I would say authentic because yeah. he does not put it on for anybody. You know, all of us, most of us at times are going to, chameleon a little bit to the room, to the audience, whatever it might be, not necessarily while losing ourselves, but just like a little bit of that. With Cece, this is who he is, you know, and you know, if you're if you're in his good graces, if you're, you know, someone who he trusts and values, he is, you know, very much going to vibe with you. But he's never going to feel like he has to have everybody, you know, in in the room liking him. Like right. that's not him. He's very much, this is who I am. I'm authentic to that. I will, you know, very much express what I truly believe and think. And whoever wants to accept that can, and whoever doesn't, well, forget him. And I think that there's something that people really appreciate that, uh, about that when it comes to, to CC and, and not trying to curate things, but instead just trying to be very comfortable with being his authentic self.
0: Yeah. He's, uh, he's the best man. Um, yeah. And I, Ryan, I told you before, uh, you know, midweek episode, we usually do a little sharp stats. Usually yeah. whatever conversation is big in Yankees, Yankees land, I think the newest one is uh, Estefan Florial, a guy who's been around Yankee land for a long time now. Um, I guess, and you know, <laughs> it used to be funny whenever the Yankees went into a little bit of a uh, drought spell, whatever you want to call it. You know, me and Jimmy would stumble into almost a... We'd call him State of the Unions, where it's like, all right, we're, <laughs> we're, we're addressing the Yankees fan base. You know, the, the times obviously aren't their best. So I, I guess in a mini State of the Union, how how are you doing with, with uh, where the Yankees are at right now? Because it's... uh, You know, Garrett Cole keeps winning me over in press conferences. Uh, his last night was awesome. he You could see the frustration coming through him, but also like we did earn the right where we have a 10 game lead in August that some of the stuff we don't love right now, we can't get fully mad at, but we're the Yankees. So we do. So I, I guess, how are you doing with, with where the Yankees are at right now?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think Garrett is awesome. Yeah. Uh, with the perspective he lends in post-game interviews and, and whatnot is fascinating um, listening to him because he really gives you, I think more of a window into Sort of the the psyche and the decision making of a pitcher than almost anybody, uh, which I find fascinating. And and I agree with you know what he said last night about look this this is um, the right you earn by you know or maybe it's not a right but you understand what I'm saying when yeah. you build a lead like that you can afford to have something like this and still be okay. So I like to look at things through the context of. You know, am I worried about them achieving their ultimate goal? My old radio co-host, Robin Lumberg, who now mm. uh, is sort of the face of Sports Illustrated and does wonderful work, and for me is one of the most unique thinkers I've ever known. He used to always say, "Is this a fatal flaw?" And so I like to look at things through the prism—the prism of does this team have any fatal flaws right now? Right? It's not about are you scuffling, are you going through it, but are there things about the construction of the team. That we would deem to be fatal flaws, meaning something that will keep them from being able to win a championship. And I'm not at the point where I see anything and I say definitively, that's a fatal flaw. They won't be able to win a championship. I'm not at that point. So that keeps me overall pretty tame. The reason I'm not at that point is I still want to see what the offense looks like when they get Stanton back, which is a massive difference. We all know this. We even saw it in the ALCS 19 when Stanton was dealing with what he was dealing with, how much different it felt when he was in the lineup or not in that series with the Astros. And that was a dude who was kind of on one leg at the end of that series and still made that big of a difference just the way it felt having him in there. Um, I still want to see that. I, I still want to see what the bullpen looks like once Severino is back and the possibility of, Britain as well. Uh, I am curious what the team looks like with Bader. If he does yeah. get back, you know, those are things that give me some hope here. Um, the things that concern me is it is very hard to have uh, four or five outs in the lineup in October. You know, you need to feel like you have some hits coming from places other than one through four. Um, And right now, you know, DJ's toe complicates it. What Rizzo just went through with the back, complicated it. No, Stanton complicates it. But you have four guys who, well, three guys who you kind of need at least two of them to hit in some way who aren't hitting in Donaldson, in Torres, and in Hicks. Um, I think Kiner Falefa kind of is what he is offensively. And if everybody else is going right, then what he brings can be okay, kind of rounding out the order. But if they don't, then it's a problem. And what you get from catcher has always kind of been a bonus. That's not why those guys are in there. Trevino's giving you more offense than you could ever hope for. But I don't think you could ever rely upon that. So right now, if you're not getting production from Hicks, Torres, and Donaldson offensively, I do think that's a problem for the lineup. So the question is, you know, is this kind of what we saw from Hicks in May, but then saw a turnaround in June and July, what we saw from Torres in April, but then saw a huge turnaround the, the, you know, in June and, and May before the All-Star break? Um, or is this what you're going to get? And if this is what you're going to get, that's a problem. And that's a question that I don't know if you can feel totally and completely confident in and that my biggest issue before was thinking about the rotation and throwing out a, a true number two behind Cole in the playoffs. But right now it's thinking about too many landing spots in that lineup for really good pitching to navigate.
0: Yeah, that's the... It, I kind of do the same mental game with the lineup where depending what's going on down there, hickey has been really good of late, and and Trevino's had an amazing season. He's an all-star catcher. that Our, right. our catching position that was supposed to be... Um, you know, a, a quote-unquote hole, hole in the lineup slash anything from there was bonus points has actually been a pr- pretty nice that if if that were to fade, and then it, you're right about IKF. Like, it's it's a contact bat that we've talked about. Um, you know, I, I think offensively, I think Yankees were hoping there might have been a leap, but his numbers are pretty close to the player that his baseball reference said he was, and you're right when everything else is there. Um, It it just does get nervous because, you know, every playoff series, there's going to be one or two guys that isn't locked in. And so if you start, that can easily then become, you know, the second half of your lineup, which you're right. In in a playoff series, whenever you have that, it, it just feels like it puts so much pressure on the top of the lineup when that spot comes back up that, you know, in the seventh or I think we saw last night, the eighth inning, when if they don't come through, it almost you feel a little defeated. Um, and yeah. I think you're right about the bullpen, too. Like, that's going to sort itself out. It's just who. Uh, like, you yeah. just mentioned Zach Britton. <laughs> like, we'll
1: see. Yeah. 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 I mean, and look, I don't feel, like, 100% certain that they're going to have enough trusted arms in the bullpen to feel confident in their ability to navigate October. But I also don't feel sure that they won't, you know, because right. – could 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 a combination of Chapman who's obviously look much better, Holmes finding it a little bit, Epros, uh, Trevino, maybe Severino, Peralta, and Britain. Could that be enough quality arms to get you, you know, the outs you need in October? Yeah, I think it probably could. I, I was looking. at it, I feel like you need three to four arms in the bullpen in October that you feel good about coming in, that you feel like you trust. If you can have that and inevitably one of them will fall off at some point during the run, but like in 09, right. You thought Hughes was going to be one of those guys. And then Hughes struggled and kind of fell out of that circle of trust. But then it was Jabba who actually ended up getting big outs from the out of the pen. And it was Jabba, Marte and Mo, you know, and Mo obviously is the crown jewel that no one can ever compare to. But I feel like if you can get to a place where you have three guys, and I'm not certain that they can't get there. You know, if Holmes can find it a little bit, I think Boone is right in the fact that like Holmes hasn't pitched as much, and like sometimes you need a little more consistency with action when you're talking about a sinker baller, and and they can run into troubles if they don't. Chapman, you know, is a guy who you're always going to be a little nervous about, you know, with a lead trying to lock down the final three outs of the game, but. Is, has looked good enough lately that I feel like he'll be one of those three guys. And then could someone else, you know, step up if Holmes doesn't find it? Can it be one of the guys at the trade deadline? Could it be Britain? Could it be Severino? Um, so I'm not ready to ride that out, you know, to, to write that off completely yet. Uh, I don't feel sure that the bullpen is going to be where it needs to be in October, but I I also do not feel certain that it won't.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know aroldis chapman a lot of people were ready to run away from him and now he's been our best like our yeah. best reliever for two weeks so that's the bullpen so yeah you uh you, you've got enough lottery tickets out there that one or two should cash in and hope you're right like that should not be you know when we're doing talking yanks in october or hopefully november um you know that ho- hopefully that's just a good thing hopefully that's just yeah. a good thing um Let's, um, our, our sharp stat, Katie Sharp sent it in. It actually has something to do with the offense. So while we're, while we're kind of around there, we can bring it back that way. And, uh, the sharp stat is brought to you by trade coffee. Uh, I always say, you know, there's a lot of coffee drinkers out there, but not everyone drinks the same coffee. Uh, everyone's got their different, uh, flavor to it. And trade coffee has 450 different kinds of live and ready to ship Every day. So what you do is you go to trade coffee. You're going to take the quiz there. You're going to You might find out what you like on the fly. Um, And when you do, they are going to send you a couple bags of coffee and they have their first match guarantee. Trade is so confident they'll find the match for you the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a new bag for free. They've already delivered 5 million bags of fresh coffee with over 750K positive reviews. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com yanks. That's 40 cups of coffee for free people. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com yanks and let Trade find you the coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com yanks for 30 dollars off are you coffee guy rooks do I know this
1: it, i am i'm not a huge coffee guy but if I was I would totally be ordering from trade like there's <laughs> no there's no doubt that's where I would be getting it from
0: bang that's
1: but, it but but I am actually i'm I'm a big tea guy so yeah. that's yeah yeah that's that's what i'm i'm I have right here my sound tea oh this is my this is my go-to yeah sparkling delicious so Free
2: advertising for sound,
0: yeah, double up um all right let's uh let's kick it to Katie Sharp sharp stat Beebs, you got it over there
2: I do one
3: second beauty, hey guys, Queen of stats here, and yeah, the Yankees are still in a massive slump, <laughs> and specifically one I want to talk about this week is the lack of production on offense since the all star break, it's been really glaring. Um, they're 8 and 15 since the break, and in that span, as we take this, as I take this on, uh, on Monday night before the, uh, the Rays game, uh, they are 16th in runs per game, 23rd in batting average, 16th in OBP, 13th in slugging, and 14th in OPS since the All-Star break. That's not a winning formula, obviously, for the Yankees. But what is really more interesting to me is that they're doing this while their best player, Aaron Judge, is on an absolute tear. And it is pretty crazy to see the numbers of how much he is carrying this team since the All-Star break. So since the break, Judge is hitting three hundred seventy two with a .524 OBP, a .936 slugging. That's a 1.460 OPS. Uh, if you're counting at home, uh, with 13 homers, 30 RBIs, 22 runs scored, uh, since the All-Star break. Alright, those are tremendous numbers. Now to put that into perspective, I looked at the percentage of those numbers as a team, as the team's totals, and I compared that to every single player, uh, in the majors since the All-Star break. Now in that span, Judge has just 12% of the team's plate appearances, which is pretty normal, but he has 31% of the team's RBIs, 22% of the team's runs scored, 37% of the team's homers, and 16% of the team's hits. Now, since the All-Star break, those are easily the highest rates by any player, the highest percentages by any player since the break uh, for those four stats um, compared to the team totals. So it's just ridiculous. Um, And now for the season, he's doing this as well. Obviously, he's about top four in all those stats as a player's percentage of production for the team. Um, But one thing I did want to just highlight is to show you how much he is carrying this team for the entire season on offense. Is If you look at offensive war, wings above replacement just for offense, so taking away defense, and you look at the difference between the first and second place player on each team in offensive war, the difference for the Yankees between Judge and Isla Mayu is 3.44 wins, which is easily the highest for any duo on any team. And, uh, the next one is, I believe, 1.5 wins. Um, so, there you guys go. Judge is absolutely trying to bring this team to the end line, finish line, and I, I re- really, really hope he does it. <laughs>
0: Awesome, thank you to the queen of stats, KT Sharp. Yeah, that was that was artwork. Um, so the the topic there is that Aaron Judge has been carrying the Yankees offense. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that's the shock of it. Um, you know, it it it's the comparison to the rest of the team, and she kind of ended it with a little Batman Robin type situation of who's. Uh, you know mm-hmm. who, who's your number two guy, and and Ryan, you you know you mentioned this, and it's I'm not going to say it's a good thing, but it, it's always a good thing when Yankee fans appreciate Giancarlo Stanton, which I think uh, I think a lot of them are doing right now. Um, but I'll, I'll kick it to you. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to talk about what it's a what it's been like watching Judge from the booth, or, or yeah. his dynamic to this offense, or or who who needs to kind of step up uh, on the Yankee side?
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know, I certainly have thoughts on all aspects of that, but, um, you know, first and foremost on the judge stuff, it's been, I mean, it's just been amazing. <laughs> this, has been, this has been the greatest offensive season I've ever seen in my, in my life. Um, when I think about, like, truly special, memorable offensive seasons, I think about A-Rod in 07, it's the first one I think about where I remember just watching him day in, day out. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. It's a, like watching him. he just went to the ballpark expecting him to do something special every single night. And he was, and I think he had that um, in 05 as well, which he won MVPs both those years where it was just like a different feeling watching him game in game out like that. Um, but judge this year, I would say has even exceeded that uh, because the home run total is just so preposterous. And he has obviously, an extremely legitimate shot at getting to 60 and the way it's affected me in the booth is just, you know, it's like this massive sub story where it's like, you know, Aaron judge is always must watch TV, but it's like, no matter what's going on in our broadcast, like there has to be like a, zoop, like honing of focus every time he walks into the box, because this is an event. And this is a very unique event. And Aaron Judge can go on to have a a brilliant additional decade of baseball in his career. And he could be performing at a, you know, at an MVP level for the rest of his life. And he may never have a year like this again. Like this is so special within the context of 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 a great player. So it's just been amazing to watch. And I think, you know, it just helps support the MVP conversation even more when you consider those numbers that uh, Katie Sharp laid out there, Jake, because like the difference between him and everybody else is pretty remarkable there.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, I I think that that segues into kind of the rest of the guys a little bit, because it was for a while, the story that was developing kind of every episode we had was DJ was kind of coming. Uh, DJ was getting on base a lot and then he was starting to hit a lot and the fact that he was doing that in front of Aaron Judge was uh it you know that was a double win that was <laughs> that was splitting the cards at the table and and you get ace ace and and you got two winners instead of one because he was getting on base at a like 450 clip in front of a guy yeah. who's going to win the MVP so i think you know as we circle stanton I mean, the importance of DJ and what he was doing and what he'll continue to do uh, when when he's back and healthy is huge. But I, I, I guess with the rest of the lineup, Stanton, you know, I, I mean, that guy has earned, with his postseason performance, like, you know, I, the Yankee fans hate this August stretch of, you know, are, are we necessarily putting our best foot forward every day? If there's a mm. guy that's earned that it's Giancarlo Stanton. Cause as long as he's been on a postseason uh, field, his performances have been otherworldly. Um, I, I guess is there, is there another guy in the lineup like Glaber's in a little funk right now? A- everyone keeps waiting for Donaldson to click. Do you, do you think there's, or, or maybe it could be the new guy, Benny, that's, that's, Kind of was brought in to be a lineup extender. Is there one of those guys that you're circling that's kind of the guy that that can kind of unlock the Yankee offense again?
1: You know, I you know, I think that the guy um that I look at, I think there's two. I think Ben Tendy. I agree, is a guy I look at as a lineup extender, and he has not performed up to this point, but his track record is so rich and his his approach is um is so sort of normally focused that i do have some faith that he's not going to be a guy who you look at as an automatic out in october right like i he's a guy who i still have a faith in when it comes to just like giving a tough at bat in a big spot and even the other night right we saw him get a really big double um we've seen him get some big hits uh, even though he got off to a really tough start, so he's a guy who I actually do have some faith in as being sort of a uh, a lineup shaper or a lineup rounder outer, if you will. Um, and that's the guy I look at that I have the most faith in. The one that I think may be most important. It, I mean, look, Lemay, Judge, and Stan are and Rizzo are non-negotiables. Right. You need those guys here and going if you're going to win. Period. The end. I have full faith that they're that those guys are going to do that. And then no matter what, when they get up in October, you're going to say, like, okay, this guy's giving me a shot. And you're right about LeMahieu and the amazing season that uh, he's, he's he was having and putting together, especially after kind of a tough start, uh, results-wise at least, um, before this toe thing. But Glaber's the guy I look at. You know, uh, Glaber's the guy I look at because we've seen him perform in October yeah. somewhat consistently. You know, even in 2020, when he struggled in the regular season, he had a big playoffs. Um, and I don't think he's a dude who's affected by the moment at all. I'd like to say Donaldson because in his life, when he's been healthy, he's hit. But this season now, basically all season, he has not hit. You know, this isn't just like, oh, he's he's had a couple a rough week or, or so. It looked like he was about to find it, had the big game against Logan Gilbert, and he still hasn't, you know. So for me, it's hard for me to look at Donaldson and say, Hey, I expect offense to come when it has not come. For now, you know, what are we, five months into the season? Like, so I just, I I can't, I can't say I think that's going to definitively come. Hicks, you know, has had some extended good stretches this year, but not enough uh, to the point where I could say, oh, I fully expect him to be, you know, an offensive producer. Torres is the one that I look at and I say, I know it's in there. He showed it was in there for a two and a half month stretch. This season, uh, will we see it again uh, when it matters most? And I do have some faith that that is possible. Uh, and I think that's the guy I look at and say that is necessary. How about you, Jake?
0: Yeah, I, it, Glaber's Glaber's always the interesting one for me because it, Glaber. I mean, we talk about highs and lows. You're you're 21 years old. You're on the New York Yankees and. You're kind of lighting it up, and, and then that continues into the next year. The shortstop stuff goes down. That doesn't – it just doesn't click. It just didn't happen, what, whatever it was, whether mental, physical, or somewhere in between. I, I think people can make arguments all around that. Um, man, you talk about a guy who's got a little bit of a playoff resume for him, it's Klayber Torres in 22 yeah. games. 325, 413, a 988 OPS. And one of the things I, I always think about, and I, I don't think this should be shots fired at all because I, I think athletes need to be more open about it. I think Glaber hears things. I, I think he's young. I think he's on social media. And I think that's fine. I think that's our whole generation. Um, but I, I do think, I, I think around the deadline when there were some Pablo Lopez rumors or even Soto rumors, I, I do think Glaber heard those a little bit, and I think that sent him into a little bit of a funk. I, I'm i not worried about him uh, because he's had a really nice year. He has the postseason numbers, and I think what he does so well, we we always joke about it because the scouting report when he initially came up was they were like, Glaber's just good. And it was like, okay, so does he have good power? Does he have <laughs> good contact? Does he have good speed? And, and pro baseball scouts just said, this guy's good at baseball, and and I think it is. He's a kind of a B plus at everything when he's right, and and I think when the playoff lights are on, I think he kind of tells himself like, "This is the playoffs. I'm gonna do my thing," and I think that works for him. So, I'm um, I'm not too worried about him. I I think dog days of August, which which are very real, uh, for <laughs> I think for baseball fans even. Um, I, I think Glaber's got a little bit of that, that I'm not too worried about him. And Donaldson's just the flip a coin, man, because I love his defense. I love his fire. But you're right. I, at this point in the season, it it hasn't been like Hicks's Hicks's baseball reference is, is wild right now. You'll see yeah. two of the worst months you've seen a baseball player have. And you'll see two really solid months from a good MLB outfielder. that I don't know what you do with that. Uh, But Donaldson, yeah, it's just been flat that uh, I don't. I think Yankee fans are starting to give up on the expectation that the bat's going to click this year, which is so wild for a guy that's got an MVP in his basement.
1: I think that's right. You know, and also you don't think like he's even though he's 38, you don't think like, oh, he's done or over the hill because you see the way he's defending. And you're like, right. okay, well, they, the, the body's still firing defensively exactly as you would hope it would. Um, I, can, I he, I look at what he brings offensively now as a bonus. And right. if he brings something great, um, but I think it's a large enough sample size this year that for whatever reason he has not hit, um, that I think it's hard to sit here and say, I fully expect him to come around. Like this is the back of his baseball card, because if he, if it was, it was April or may, okay. Maybe even to June, but now you're mid August and this has been what he's been all year, you know? So it's hard for me to say that Glaber, I feel differently because he had like a dramatically poor start and then an extended period of looking like a really quality, um, you know, major league hitter. So, I, the one thing with Glaber, though, is like his at bats to me have lacked some awareness lately. Yeah. You know, I mean, the one that I think about most is in Seattle after uh, the, the young reliever who the starter turned reliever who has great stuff got a little wild, walk someone, and it's, you know, I, I forget what they had in that extra inning if it was bases loaded, one out, or I think it was bases loaded, one out. And he's he's one and oh, guys, just walk somebody and he chases a pitch out of the zone, swings and misses, and it totally changes the at bat. And I think for, and, and if you watch his at bats lately, I can't remember the last time he saw a fourth pitch in it at bat. Yeah. Like, I mean, he is swinging so early. And look, I understand the value of aggression, and I understand, you know, everybody just wants people to take a strike forever. And that's actually not smart to just perpetually take a strike. We know this, you know, and, and analytics departments would laugh you out of the room if you you know (laughs) just always were from the school of like take a strike but there are situations where it makes sense and if you're going to be swinging on the first or second pitch over and over and over and over again and either you know making weak contact or putting yourself in a worse count to get a pitch to hit we probably need to rethink some things a little bit and i think i feel like some of the bats lately from glaber just have been sort of, they felt a little mindless, like, oh, I'm just going to go up here and swing. And I think that is sort of compounded problems for a guy that has shown it's still in there. You know, if Glaber was performing like he is right now all year, on top of what we saw in 2020 and 2021, then I would have no expectations for him to bounce back and be a valuable part of this team. Because I would have said, look, this is the third straight year where this guy has been a a sub-average offensive performer. Why Am I gonna expect that? But this is a guy who played like an all-star for more than two months. Um, and I thought it had a legitimate argument. Aaron Boone talked a lot about feeling like he didn't get enough, you know, buzz for being an all-star the first half of the season. So I I think like he's the guy who I still have the most hope for there offensively to join Rizzo, Stanton, DJ, Judge, and then Ben. Ben Benintendi. Benintendi I have more faith in than anybody else outside of those four to just be a guy who's going to give you quality of bats and lengthen lineup a little bit. Torres is the guy who I look at and say he's going to kind of have to need to be someone who makes an impact. I think anything you get from Donaldson and Hicks is a plus or center field if that's Bader if he comes back healthy and then kind of Falefa is what he is and Trevino or Higashioka go do your thing defensively. And if you provide a little offense, great.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you nailed it right at the end there. Ben and is, is he's going to be Ben Intendi. Uh, you know, that it, it, it could be, you know, six for 15 in a playoff series. It could be four for 15, but he, he's going to give you kind of Ben Intendi at bats. Like he's, he kind of knows who he is at this point where Glaber Torres is a guy that can change a series. Like if you're, if yeah. you've got, you know, 22 games where you're almost one dot and OPS wise, um, whether that's coming from the six, five hole, where, wherever he slots in, um, and yeah, kind of tying it to Donaldson at the start. Uh, yeah, if, if he finds himself in there, the defense has been so good that there is an appealing seventh hole playoff, Josh Donaldson. If he could find a couple games that right. that I I know it's gonna make. Me salivate, and I'm sure it makes some, some of the Yankees front office salivate. Well,
1: and, and the one thing about that too, Jake, is at least with Donaldson, what you do have no matter what is I do think, you know, if, he, if he's hitting seventh, you have all the other hitters, you know, healthy. I do think it's, he's not like a, you know, easy landing spot for right. opposing pitchers, right? Like they have to still make sure not to make a mistake to him. So that's an area where he still provides some value.
0: Yeah. I love it, and and Ryan, I want to talk to you uh, a little bit about. You mentioned Hicks, uh, Estevan Florial is a popular name in in Yankees land for the past uh, either forty eight hours to four years, depending how how you want to measure it. Uh, before we do that, uh, this is this is brought to us by DraftKings. Uh, they're talking to us college football is back. What? It's August. <laughs> it's it's insane, man. The The time and the years just start moving quick. And right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Win or lose. They've got their same-game parlays. Rack those up if you know what you're doing and get a bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 on any college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code John boy only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21-plus in eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for terms, resources. Gambling prom, Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. One per customer, minimum $5, de- $5 deposit and wager $200 issued as $825 free bets. Woo! Um, Ryan, you I, did it. You I, did it. I I got there. I I'm not the mink man. I admit it. I admit it. He's got me beat. Um, <laughs> Ryan, I we we love peeling back the curtain because um that's that's kind of what talking Yanks is, and the people appreciate. I have, I asked you beforehand if, if you want to chat about this, and you're like, yeah, absolutely, because it's yeah. it's a conversation in Yankee Land. Um, Esteban Florial, and by the way, I mentally started cracking up earlier. Cause what's the topic in Yankee land right now? Good defense at center field, where two weeks ago, Brian Cashman happened to trade for one of the best defensive center fielders at the deadline, and none of us were too happy right. about it. It's it's funny, uh Right. You know, he's he's probably walking a little taller down the hallways these days. Um Esteban Florial as like I, I joked about, he's he's a guy that a lot of Yankee fans know. It's one of those things with prospects nowadays. We almost knew about him too soon, probably. Cause we just heard he's this toolsy toolsy kid that is going to need reps in the minor league. But if it comes together, it should be pretty. And you know, the COVID year happens. He had a, he had another injury in the minors that it was, it, it was kind of like, all right, but, you know, it, the name faded a little bit. He has put together an incredible triple uh, a season. Um, you know, high OPS, high con, like everything's there that, you know, this is a guy that if, if you had told probably the Yankees front office that they would have a 24 year old Esteban Florial putting up these kind of numbers, that, you know, they, they probably would have thrown a party. Uh, so it gets tricky with roster construction and everything like that. But, but I guess kind of where are you at with, with Florial? Is it, do you force him in? It gets tricky, but I, I don't know. Do you want to see the kid play? <laughs> well, I think we all kind of do, well, but it's tricky.
1: I, I, I'm looking at him right now, his numbers. So he still struck out 122 times at Triple A, right? Am I yep. am I looking at that right? His numbers this year.
0: I can double check two, for you. Two, I think
1: he's 284, 365, 487, 852. Yep. Yep. Um, with 122 strikeouts, uh, he has the speed, obviously, with the 32 stolen bases. I um, here's here's my thing with this stuff, and. I I think that, you know, there are times where there are times where a fan base could be right about it being time for a minor league or maybe before the organization wants to. Maybe they're so close to it that they have different reasons for not doing something. But I think for the most part, normally organizations know their minor leaguers a lot better than we do because we just are not exposed to them with the same level of uh, data than that they are right sure. um or experience or or you know we're just we're just not um and i i think that when i look at floreal i think that if the yankees really believed that him over hicks was gonna make a big difference i think they'd do it you know i, I do i think they would do it now Do we want to see him get, you know, two weeks and and see how it goes? Okay, but here's my thing. If you really believe Bader is coming back anyway, and that in the playoffs, Bader is going to be your starting center field. And there's a chance that you might, you know, lose Florial, so to speak, if you bring him up for two weeks, he just happens to struggle and all of a sudden it kills his confidence, which he's rebuilt now over a really strong minor league season. Like, is that worth it? Is that worth it right now for two weeks in August? You know, is that worth it? Because the division is not on the line here. Everything is geared towards building the best team in October. So again, and, and I think the Peraza situation plays into this a little bit as well. A lot of people want to see Peraza at Jordan instead of Conor Falefa. Like, this team is going to win the division. Is it fair to put Peraza in position to be a difference-making piece to win a championship right now? Like, is that the case? If you think that's the case, if we think that that margin, that, that increase on the margin – That enhancement on the margin is going to be the difference between winning a World Series or not, then you have to do it. And then you have to bring up Floreau, right? Like, absolutely, no questions asked. But if it's not, is it actually maybe setting those guys up for failure? Because now all of a sudden, they're being looked at as a time, like, this isn't a low state. When Gary Sanchez was called up in 2016, you know, the Yankees were not playing well, and and, and with his acclamation, same thing goes with judge at that moment and Austin at that moment, right? Like they weren't being asked to take a really good team over the top to a championship team. They were being asked to just play because there wasn't anybody better in front of them at that moment. Right. I even think about Cano in 2015, you know, replacing Tony Womack at second base. I mean, in 2005, 2015, (laughs) 2005, you know, like where you were like, none of us have really heard of Cano, you know, but at that time the team looked like a mess in April and you were like, all right, you know, let's see. You know, I think it's a hard spot for us to put Oswald Peraza or Esteban Floreal in to say, like, hey, we know this team's going to win the division. They're going to be just fine. But we think we, we may need you to win the World Series. By the way, you know, you're, if you're Peraza, you have no big league experience. If you're Floreal, you have just a smattering. Look, if you actually believe that that's going to be the difference, you have to do it because there's one goal and one goal only, and that's win a title. But if you're pretty convicted that like, they're not quite ready for that yet, then I do think you have to weigh whether or not that's a fair spot to put them in.
0: Ryan, uh, sometimes there should be more than 140 characters on <laughs> Twitter. Cause that was pretty good, man. That was pretty good. Um, a lot of characters. It was a little
1: too many characters, but I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: um, Cause no, I, Floreal, uh I mean, that's, that's it's on, it's on the nose. It's, Especially with the Bader factor, and we're talking postseason. Right. It's the Yankees. We're up ten games on the division in August. It's it should be talking postseason. Like even if Florial came up and goes gangbusters, what's your best case scenario? Does that mean he's the fifth outfielder on the roster come October? And what what does that really mean? Um, the the Peraza thing, um, which obviously has been a, a hot button topic. It's I, I guess it's where the Yankees. I think are slightly different sports are keeping up with the joneses it It's always you you look at who won and you try to you try to take what you can from there and it, sports are <laughs> copycat like at Golden State and shooting threes yeah. or or whatever it may be you yeah. know you know i looking at the Atlanta Braves and the astros they have called up some young guys the the Houston Astros called mm-hmm. up their young you know, top 50-ranked shortstop to start the season and let him roll out there. And and I don't know. Again, I have no idea where these guys were at coming out of AAA. I'm, I'm going to assume Jeremy Pena was more ready to go than Oswald Peraza. Um, you know, I, the Braves have called up now Michael Harris, who's killed it in center field, Vaughn Grissom. Grissom gets called up the other day. He's a stud. Some of their young pitchers that um, I don't know. And that's that's why it's become such a popular conversation I, do I wonder if the Yankees would have loved if there was a, a chance in June to call up Peraza for three weeks to see what it looked like? I do, uh, and baseball doesn't always work like that. that um, here we are with a 10-game lead in the AL East, which a lot of people thought would be one of the toughest divisions in baseball, as it usually is. Never, Never mind the Baltimore Orioles. How about them? Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that you're right. I mean, there's, um, it, it's it gotta be some heavy conversations in there. Um, well, well,
1: and, and Jake, not to cut you off, no, but please. you just said something that resonates with me. I, you know, I want to be clear too. Like if you get to a point where you're just like, Hey, look, like it, the performance isn't good enough right now from these positions in order to win, we just need to figure out that it might be better here Then that. I, I get doing that you know what i mean because you can't like if you're pretty convicted on the flip side that hey like kinder falefa and hicks aren't going to give this team enough to you know win a world series which i'm not in that place but let's say they got there then i get then i then i get saying like give it a shot like let's see um but uh you know maybe it's also in september maybe peraza gets a startier there and it's like hey see how if it goes well you know um but you are right jake like there is the flip side of it if it's like well okay like but, but what if these guys really do well right like because this team may also be in a position where it needs an injection of life and maybe these are their only options to get it so i, I don't want to say it's silly to suggest it because I think there's a lot of merit in, in, you know, probing whether or not it is appropriate. I just also think that the, the downsides could be strong. And I think Bader being, you know, the guy who you're looking at is as going to be the center fielder, unless if Bader's health situation is like, look, he's probably not coming back this year. Then, then it it changes that equation as well.
0: Yeah. No, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a classic. Is the grass greener on the other side or, you know, uh, would would we go into October with, you know, we we just broke IKF's heart because he got benched for for the last three weeks, and the kid came up and he <laughs> he felt the pressure. It looked like of a, it was his first two yeah. weeks
2: in the big leagues. He, and he felt yeah, the pressure of yeah. a World
0: Series team that n- now you went from you went from a shortstop to <laughs> now. Uh, you know, then we'd be having three three-way debates about IKF Peraza and if if Marwin should be our shortstop. So it's uh it's all the stuff that uh, Brian Cashman has to think about that when we're firing off our tweets we don't necessarily have to. That uh like like I kind of started this portion of it. It's it's so funny that Hicks Florial is a conversation when we're two weeks removed from. Uh, why did we get Harrison Bader? Where uh, <laughs> I think I think when Yankee fans watch that dude play center field, I I think we are gonna not eye opening, but whoa, because that's uh, who he's supposed to be out there.
2: I'm I'm itching a little bit to get the Hicks Florial thing out there. Uh, one, the Bader factor is huge. It sounds like the plan, if if he ends up healthy enough, is for him to be the center fielder, I, I guess, in the playoffs. And uh, even if that doesn't happen. I think I think the Yankees would shift judge back to center in a playoff scenario. Right. We, we liked that. He was the center fielder for a really long time. And the, uh, on the, the minor league side of things with Florial, who the tools are, are cool and, and all that. He's had a, a good minor league year, big step up. His last, since the all-star break down there, it's, it's been big, big, big Something. bad for him. He's, uh, batting average is 222. it's a 638 ops he's striking out 40% of his ab's um it's a 71 wrc plus he's right now it's not going great for Florial so I'm not sure it's the time yeah. and they have the other the options coming or or on the roster right now process a different conversation we've done done that a lot yeah. but and Florial it's his last year he can be in the minors it's like he can get time to play every day and next year this offseason, big decision time. But. Yeah. no, it's Yeah, a, it...
1: yeah that's, that's a good point. That's a really good point just to consider the, the recency and the struggles of that, too, and how that factors into it. I want to know the timetable on Vader. I feel like we haven't gotten any clarity on, like people just kind of say, like, yeah, if he's available. Well, is he going to be available or is he definitely not? Or do we have any sort of, like, knowledge as to when he might be? Because,
2: you know, that changes a lot. It's been such a vague yeah September, and nobody's said anything really official. Yeah, 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 yeah. I that know.
0: that would be nice to know. Sometimes they can be uh some. I don't know if you've seen this, Ryan. Sometimes they can be a little a little coy about their injury report.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that from time to time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, Babes, you were on it, and and Ryan, you alluded it to with the strikeouts. It's uh, you know, could the Yankees? There's two ways to phrase a sentence. Sometimes it's could the Yankees call up their uber talented center field prospect to give him the chance after he's having a good year, or do the Yankees want to bring up a slumping, uh, strikeout prone center fielder while yeah. he's slumping to quote unquote save the team? You know, those are those are two very different scenarios that are actually the same one. Um,
1: very and, true. Very yeah. true. And and that's probably what they're debating. Right now, you know, Um, and and, you know, maybe if it was Peraza in center field rather than Floria, you know, maybe maybe be different. Maybe he'd be here right now. Um, But because kind of Falefe isn't the same, you know, issue at short that right now center field is for the Yankees. But I'm curious, like they got Bader to be their starting center fielder. So, well, I like let's see when he might be back. Because um, I think his impact defensively, assuming he's not inhibited by this foot injury, could be could be really stark.
0: Right. That's uh, I I had a uh, man. This reference might hit a couple people, You'll probably miss a lot yeah. of people. It, it was kind of like our our prime time, kind of early college or right before Boondock Saints. Uh, when it comes out yeah, there, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to figure out any, he switches the guns and he comes across his face and he kind of figures out what, what happened. Um, you know, I, I think we've been thinking about Harrison Bader as the, the seventh through ninth inning guy. And, and I think that could still be a real possibility, obviously a defensive replacement. That makes sense. Right. But I, I wonder if it's, um, you know we've seen them do it with the catchers and even IKF at times. If they really are worried about the center field defense, does does Harrison Bader start if he's hitting good? If he's not, does he become a a pinch hit option for a a Donaldson or someone like that during the playoffs? A Carpenter and then you sub in you know Judge can play center. So it, it's almost like a it could mm, it could, of it, it could yeah. potentially work either way. I I don't know. He's a, Bader's a. That's a a little wild card to this season.
1: Yeah. And it's another piece, like we were talking about before, where it's why I I can't be convicted in saying, like, you know, oh, like, you know, these problems are not solvable. These problems that they have right now are concerning, but there is a potential for some of them to be, you know, addressed with uh, players coming back, you know, no guarantee. But but there is there is some potential. I Jake, the one thing I know this is not a tangible thing, but like earlier in the year, this team had incredible, palpable confidence. Yeah. They had a swag. They were beating the tar off of teams, right? Like Leighton. I mean, they were just crushing teams, going in, stopping them out, or if they were down, they were coming back. Walk-off win after walk-off win, right? Like they were doing. Everything you would want a team to do that just, like, knows it's going out there, it's going to take care of business. and That's why they won a gazillion series in a row. And they were sweeping teams, finishing off those series, unlike last year, something Judge even talked about. Right now, I think they, I think they need a little mojo injection, you know? Like, I don't know how that, what, how that happens, but they need something psychologically, too, to make them believe they are that team that was almost 40 games over 500. Like, they've had some of their personalities zapped. And you only get it back with winning. And it's one of these weird symbiotic relationships of what comes first. But, you know, that to me would make it it, it be something that I'd I'd be wondering about adding in one of those young minor leaguers about like, could they help inject just a little juice uh, or is it going to happen naturally from, you know, just getting players back you know like is it going to happen from getting Stanton back is it going to happen from getting Severino back is that going to give you that that life that you need yeah
0: and that's the whole you know if Peraza came up and he was the glove first guy with pop and speed could that from the nine hole like I remember when Glaber first came up and what he was doing from the nine hole seemed to flip the lineup so that's where that gets appealing or I, I think the other thing and you know we you obviously we don't we don't know about Yankees injuries and everything like that, but you know when, when you know Giancarlo Stanton's hanging out in the outfield yesterday, and you know he says he's fe- feeling good, and you know when it's time to get dressed, he doesn't, and everyone else does. You you wonder that effect on the guys in the middle of August in a losing streak. Like there's there's a mental side of this game that that <laughs> Yogi Yogi had figured out before everyone that I I think. It makes the dog days very real that you wonder, you just wonder when they're coming, coming out of it. Cause you know, they're gonna, it's just when.
1: Yeah. Yes. I agree. It's going to happen at some point. Um, it's just when, and that's not to, you know, that's not to dismiss the concerns people have right now. Cause you know, there's things to be alarmed about. Um, but like for the vast majority of this season, the offense was the best in baseball. It's missing a couple key hitters. Let's not forget the injury to Carpenter yeah. either who have become a big part of the offense, right? Then the pitching was the thing that really was faltering. The starters have found themselves again, right? Nestor now has put together a month of great starts again after his little skid. Uh Cole, you don't worry about, you know, sometimes I worry that he's gonna have to be, you know flawless for this team to to right. win a world series but for the most part you don't worry about him right even if he has a couple bad outings um and uh and montas i'm not worried about as far as him just you know being a starter who you can rely upon and tyone's pitched better of late and Herman's pitched pitch well the bullpen i think is a is a is something i worry about a little bit you know mm-hmm. just like what we were talking about earlier like that's something where i'm like okay make sure you get make like make sure you kind of figure things out before October, because what was a massive strength has now become a liability of late. And there were a couple critical injuries. Like the Michael (sighs) King injury is huge, huge. And that is, that's one of my concerns where it's like, you know, you kind of feel like you need Britain to come back and be that dude, or you're going to need Seve to come out of the pen and, and, and be outstanding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, It's concerning. You hope, you know, there's still so it's such a ridiculous sport, Ryan. I mean, there's still so much that's gonna be so much of this season that's about to be rewritten. I mean, does does Marinaccio come back and look like Yeah, that's true too. the, The guy who had 17 shutout. Does does Clark Schmidt come up and become the sixth man and he has a little run there where we're talking about him as a long guy out of the bullpen? Um you know, a, a name that you haven't mentioned, and he, he hasn't deserved to be mentioned yet, but two in a row clean last night, Jonathan Lewisaga. He, he was supposed to be this guy. He ha- It hasn't looked great, but with a bullpen guy, if this guy puts up a September, I'm going to drink a little of that Kool-Aid. So there are so many options out there that it feels like it has to come together. Um, but <laughs> on August, yeah, that's a good point. on August that's- 16th, I don't know. <laughs>
1: that's a good point though, Jake, if, if could become a, the guy that he was last year, that changes things a lot. Yeah. And I think all of this kind of like falls back into the category of, um, you know, there's nothing to make me believe what this team wants to achieve is off the table. Now I still have a lot of confidence in them. I still have a, a faith that they're going to figure it out. Um, there is some figuring out that needs to be done, but there are still pieces there that can do that. And, you know, we'll see whether or not they do, but there's enough quality arms there that you're not dismissing that they can.
0: Yeah. Ryan, um, I can't thank you enough, man. Um, on, on short notice, you came in. Basically, perfect game. I didn't see <laughs> any holes in it. Um, dude, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you, you short notice, you came on, I think the people deserve to know this, uh, that you came on short notice and you said you had up till three basically and we, we brought you to the buzzer. Uh, part of the reason I don't feel off about it, because man, I think you like talking Yanks too and you're, you're pretty damn good at it. So um, Rooks, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, good luck with the WNBA playoffs. Go kill it. Um, it sounds like we'll listen to you in Toronto, and I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll probably see you somewhere else along the way, so um, R2C2, any, anything else we need to tell the people about?
1: Nah, let them know, um, you know, WNBA playoffs start uh, uh, Wednesday, August 17th on ESPN um, we have all the games, they're gonna be awesome so follow along for that journey and, and thank you for having me, man you know, I'm a huge fan of you and Jimmy and your work and everybody um, at John Boy Media and uh, and you're right I do enjoy talking Yanks especially on talking Yanks so this was great
0: that's perfect that's perfect <laughs> Ruko thank you everyone tweet it, Ryan Give, tell him he's the best um, <laughs> and yeah I mean tell, tell him grandma let's go Yanks go Yankees